Ladies and gentlemen, got something to tell you. It's a great place here in Chico where you can grab a sweet, sweet, delicious cold beer and an awesome bit of food. That's the Handlebar. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, and they have a happy hour. Johnny, tell me about it. Seven days a week, 2 to 6 p.m., you're going to get a dollar off any one of their craft beers, half-off bottles of wine, still delicious food. It's a good time. They have a newly remodeled patio. It's a new year. It's a new you. Go check them out. Handlebar Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Good day or night. This is Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast and radio show based in Chico, California. I am Max Minardi. Johnny Summers here. What's up? This week on the show, we get into Triangle of Sadness, an Oscar-nominated black comedy from Swedish director Ruben Ustland. Uh, but before we get to that, Johnny, tell these hopefully good-looking people what we are drinking this week. You're all good-looking on the radio. Sure. Uh, beers from Tripping Animals out of Doral, Florida. First time on the show for these guys. First beer is called Ma. He did it. Triple IPA, 10%. Uh, 10%? Uh, yep. The second is Sour Trip with two peas. It's a fruited sour ale with blackberries, mangoes, peaches, marshmallows, and vanilla nilla. Good Lord. All that in a bit. But if you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Thursday evening. As a quick heads up, you're only going to be hearing the first 30 minutes of our show, which includes our first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Triangle of Sadness. That said, if you are so inclined to listen to our show in its entirety, which includes spoilers for the Triangle of Sadness, that second beer review, and the always entertaining Hot and Bothered segment, Johnny will tell you what to do. Go to the Searchy McSearch bar and type in Fresh Hop Cinema, uh, the podcast, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you download your podcastuses. Uh, we release every episode that is new on Fridays, 7 a.m. Been doing so since 2016. And I've been saying that since 2016. Believe it or not. Still screw it up. It's the best. <laughs> if you like this show, go leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts because that's what cool people do. Let us know you did it. Brag about it. Brag about how amazing you are. And tell your friends helps them find us to hang out on social media. Search Fresh Hop Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Facebook, or Untapped. Just head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com. That's right. Let's talk Patreon briefly. We have a Patreon event coming up that we'll probably shout out uh, without too many details because we won't give exclusives away to people not in Patreon. But I've said Patreon way too many times to have not explained at least what it is. And it is a way for you to support our show with your hard-earned cash. And in turn, we give you exclusive things like bonus episodes, invites to uh, super secret events um, that range from movie nights to bar hangs to uh, the thing that I said I wouldn't mention yet, so I won't. But they're all a lot of fun, I promise. If you want to get involved in that, you can go to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. Takes like two minutes to sign up, and for like the cost of half a beer a week, you can support our show and, and help us keep on making this thing that that we call a passion project. Word to the wise: Our next event is February eighth, and uh, it would behoove you to join before then. Yeah, if you're hearing this the day this episode drops on uh, on the podcast platforms, you have a couple days, and and I think yeah, I think we'll still count people that join. Yeah, you, up till the day before, we're like all right, you can get no, the info even the day of day of. Okay, fine. Like walking in the door. Yeah, you can hang out with us. Fair enough. Um, so to our patrons and Patreon currently, by the time you're hearing this, uh, check your Patreon feed as well as our Facebook exclusive group because details for that event on the 8th will be there for your consumption. They're now. They're there now. Oh, that's true. Okay. Well, they'll be on the Patreon feed. So if you aren't in the group, although I think everybody is. So 
never mind. Um, that's Patreon. I think that's all I have. So, Johnny, that is our housekeeping out of the way. Let's talk tripping animals, shall we? Yes. It's what happens when, no, not that kind of tripping animal. Uh, first, and we're off. <laughs> and we're off. First time on the show for tripping animals. A uh, little bit about the brewery. It was back in 2011 that the crew started brewing beer out of their garage in Caracas, Venezuela, making wild concoctions with whatever they could get their hands on and stoking the flames of their passion for craft beer. After years of traveling to breweries all around the world and experimenting with different styles of brewing, the crew took a leap of faith and moved to Miami to pursue the next chapter of their brewing careers. It was finally in 2018 that Daniel Chacron, Ignacio Montenegro, Iker Elogoria, up, ah, hello, help, do it. Aloriaga. Thank you. And Juan Mandel Torres, <laughs> bad to pull the ripcord there. Uh, they came across their dream location and founded Tripping Animals Brewing Company in the heart of Doral, Florida. Can we say, even before we try the beer, like easily the most uh, wonderful series of names we've ever done. I think usually there's like one or two brewers and we have four here. Yeah. And I think you did a wonderful job. Sir. I did my best. Yeah. Aloriaga. Sure. Just got it out of the way. Uh, connecting through people, p- connecting through beer is their goal. Uh, Tripping Animals is dedicated to building up and elevating the community of Doral and Greater Miami by fostering a craft beer culture, which promotes community outreach, arts, music initiatives, and spaces of inclusive inclusivity. Our hope is to create modern movements that will invite our patrons to engage, question, and transform the world around them. Ma, he did it. Johnny, like you said, is a triple IPA, so we're coming out of the gate swinging. Uh, it's 10%, and they said this, triple India Pale Ale hopped with Simcoe, Cryo, uh, Citra, and Citra Cryo. So we're expecting something. You know, it didn't specify. I'm, I was going to say we're expecting something huge and kind of West Coasty, but looking at what's in the glass, I, I stuttered over my words there because I'm not even sure that this is a West Coast triple. I'm looking at the can, and it doesn't uh, – does not specify, so I'm going to default to whatever you just experienced in your mouth, Johnny. What are, you, what are you getting out of this thing? Well, it's a triple IPA. I wouldn't say it's West Coast. Really, kind of, it leans more towards the East Coast. It certainly looks that way. Southeast Coast. Sure, okay. I don't, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's the new Southeast. The new, the very the new rare s- triple IPA, Southeast Florida. Southeast triple. Yeah, sure. That's what they're bringing to the table. No, it's it's a big beer. It's got a ton of mouthfeel. It's it's all over on the palate. I am punched with an immediate sweetness. Super sweet. Super sweet. Mm-hmm. Not really much hot bite. Not really any alcohol bite. Not picking up a lot of the 10%. It's a sneaky 10 for sure. It's a very sneaky 10. I can already tell it's going to be too sweet for my liking, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to need another sip to, to kind of give an objective opinion. What right. do you think so far? First impressions, I super agree. Not a ton of booze, which, you know, I sort of go back and forth on this because sometimes you drink a big beer and you want to experience that heft, that the, the heat mm-hmm. of that alcohol. But sometimes, and I think it might be a stylistic distinction, I tend to sway that way more when it comes to like stouts. Like I want to feel that burn, so to speak. But with IPAs, I find that over the years we've praised that subtlety mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't as long as it's not hiding that high abv under sweetness and i'm not sure this one isn't doing that in other words i think this might be hiding it with some overt sweetness um that said historically you are um more offended by that than me so i'm yeah. gonna go back for a second drink as well because i i definitely like it off the bat i'll mm-hmm. start there yeah i don't dislike it i'm gonna say i'm, I'm pretty neutral on it it's definitely sweeter than a beer I would gravitate towards, but in the realm of triple IPAs, it's it's by far not the sweetest that I've had for sure. I will say that. It is got a slight 
slight pithiness on the end and it finishes kind of dry, which is nice. It doesn't have like a juicy, overly sweet finish that pairs with it. You kind of get any hints of hops in like the last 10 15 15 percent of this drinking experience kind of right at the end of the swallow and then the aftertaste um it's nice and oaky sure but it's not it's a quote (laughs) no um dude i i do like it so i I guess that's what i started with but now i'm firmly aware and sticking to the fact that i do like this quite a bit i think the more you drink it the more you're gonna dislike it i'm not positive see it's actually growing on me. is it really yeah that's wonderful because it's growing on me too um it's very very sweet in a New England IPA kind of way. So yeah. if you're averse to that, you're well, I shouldn't even say it because you typically are. There is a good amount of hoppiness on the back end. I think the mouth feels awesome. It's a little bit undercarbonated for what I would be looking for. I want a little more effervescence, a little more, a little more zhuzh, but it's super good. You want it spicy. I want a little spicy. Give yeah. me a little, give me a little tingle, a little spicy tingle. Um, you want to talk about the can for a minute? The can's rad. Uh, it is obviously influenced by the mahi, which is a fish. That's what that is. It lives in the ocean. Perhaps off the coast of Florida? Perhaps. Great. Yeah. Love the can. It's got really fantastically drawn, almost comic book-esque art with some really like strong black outlines on the fish. And there's what looks like ocean topography. Like if you were to pull up like a surface map of the bottom of the oh, ocean, yeah. uh, lines on it. I love the colors. I mean, mahi is a beautiful fish. They're delicious. Uh, what is that? Like a light teal. You go over the top of can? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like a descending darkening. There's like teal at the top, almost like you're going deeper in the water, I would say. Which makes sense. Um, and then, yeah, there, the, the, there's about three, I'm going to say three fish. And yeah, they. I don't know if that's actually, is that the, what color mahi are? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. Then it's true to color. Hey, uh, two things. Where'd you get this? SNS. Great. Our second beard of today, I haven't seen yet, but is it also, is it fish themed? Is the can? No. Oh, it's not. Okay. So it's not like. Uh, a thing. No, but they're all animals. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, great. Pretty so, affordable? Yeah. Beer? Me. Medium. On the higher end of affordable. 16-ounce can for those that haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. But I think, bang for the buck, it's a good triple IPA. I, it's got, the sweetness is hard to describe, but I'll do my best. It's not cloying. It is like a subtle yet present sweetness. It's hard to describe. Does, this, does that make sense? It can't go much sweeter. Otherwise, it's it's right at the threshold, even for me. If, if it did go harder in the sweet paint, it's too much. Um, yeah, it makes sense. There's there's no getting around the fact it's a sweet beer, but I think what you might be saying with the subtlety, uh, but but obviously there, is, is that, yeah, like it's it's contributing. I would I would almost, and correct me if these aren't the words that you're trying to get to come out of your mouth, but there's, there's a sweetness that is more... Uh, more felt than tasted mm-hmm. um because i think sometimes sweetness can lead to almost a velvety body sometimes um because it pulls away from the astringency of some hot bite mm-hmm. and i think that's happening here this is a very smooth drinking beer yeah. testament to like it hiding the abv and, and whatever else we've been talking about with the with the smoothness of it but yeah like it's 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 hitting both of our um sweet barometers differently, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty fun. Yeah. Because for me, there's a ton of sweetness that I enjoy. And for you, there's sweetness that you don't hate. And I think that's how you measure sweetness versus mm-hmm. overt enjoyment. Yep. I think it's, I mean, I'm really into this. It's pretty solid. What do you not like about it? Besides the sweetness. I mean, besides the sweetness, I just would like it to be more punchy with the hop presence or even have more notes of like the hop terpenes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be overtly bitter. I think if you made this beer super pithy, it would just be a sweet, then bitter kind of mess. Yep. 
Uh, but I would like to see some more hop characteristics come out of this. It would be fun to see this beer having been dry hopped instead, so you still get some of those hop characteristics without the bitterness we're talking about. I mm -hmm. think that might be a nice way to approach this also. Um, it's pretty citrusy too, and mm -hmm. I, that's what they're going for, right? Simcoe, Citra, and Citra Cryo. Uh, sorry, Simcoe Cryo. Um, so that makes sense to me. I want a little bit more, not hop flavor necessarily, but more flavor diversity. I would be very curious to see this with different hops. I'm a big fan of Mosaic. I think some of those sort of berry notes might be a nice way to uh, take this in, in two different directions at the same time, make it feel a little bit more nuanced because it's a pretty straightforward IPA. What I keep coming back to as the saving grace is that it's a 10% IPA. And again, it's one of those times, I, I think if you would have asked me without telling me, I, I would not have guessed anywhere near 10. No. Maybe seven. Yeah. Maybe. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a good beer to share. Totally. Like, I'm very happy we drank it. Yeah, me too. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on with this beer, or should we just give it a rating? Let's, let's rate this thing. Okay, Johnny, after you, Ma, he did it, Tripping Animals, what you got? This is a 6-1 all day. All right. Yeah, for me, oh, man. Um, the only reason I didn't blurt out my rating is because I was worried I didn't justify it enough. But it's a nine for me. Wow. I really like this. Yeah. I'm going to have more of this can if that's cool with you. Of course. That's uh, a sleeper nine. Yeah. It's, it's really good, man. Um, when we get off of our radio waves and go strictly to the podcast, I want to know specifically how much this costs because mm. that might affect me buying it again or not. Right. But it's super good. We got it. We got, I got it for free. Mm -hmm. You bought this with the podcast. Yeah. I had no influence in this. So I just, I'm drinking a free, really good beer. That's why it's fun not knowing the prices before we do totally. it. It's just pure objectivity. Yes. You're not judging it in a dollar and cents fashion. Totally. Uh, okay. Johnny, nothing else on this? If you want to try it, get it in SNS. Good shout out. Look Let's, for our Beer of the Week sticker. Smart. Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Think we got this beer wrong. Think we got it right. Uh, maybe you have a beer or a brewery you think we should review. Go ahead and message us on Instagram. We're at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. Or if you want, you can send us an email to fhccast at gmail.com. We're always open to suggestions. If you get a chance out there in Radio Land to try Mahi Did It, let us know what you think. And hey, if you like the show, take 30 seconds. Go leave us a five-star rating on the Apple Podcast. Yeah, it really does only take a couple seconds, and it's one of the most efficient ways to help us get our show in front of new potential listeners. Incoming is a trailer for Triangle of Sadness. If you haven't seen it yet, fear not, my friends. There are no spoilers in our next segment, so don't you go anywhere. It looks paid for the tickets. Not bad, huh? <laughs> so what do you do? I sell s***. The success of a luxury cruise mainly depends on you. I don't want to hear anybody saying no. It's always yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I command you, enjoy the moment. No. No? No. <laughs> what? You say no to me? No, no. Oh, so it's yes? Yeah, no. Yes? Going in. Yes! <laughs> the saints. Do you think it's possible to wash them? I don't think that's possible, ma'am, because this is a motorized vessel. Yeah. So we don't have any sails. It was sails. Yes. Well, then, in that case, we will... Clean the sails. Yes. Of course. Yes. Russian capitalist. 
and an American communist. On a $250 million luxury yacht. really bad. This is really, really bad. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today. But if you'd like to hear the whole thing, you can subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It'll be available to stream tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you can't get enough, go have a listen. The internet says of Triangle of Sadness, Carl and Yaya, a couple of influencers, are invited to a luxury cruise ship alongside a group of out-of-touch wealthy people. The situation takes an unexpected turn when a brutal storm hits the ship. Of course, like I said earlier, this was written and directed by Ruben Ostland. Um, let's shout out, I'm going to say three people for now. I'm going to shout out Carl and Yaya, who are played respectively by Harris Dickinson and Charlby Dean, who um, we'll talk about but passed away um, sort of unexpectedly last year after this movie came out. Uh, and at every screening, the director and the cast have sort of dedicated this to her. Uh, cinematography here was Frederick Wenzel. It was edited by the director and Mikkel C. Carlson. It originally screened at Cannes in May of 2022, and then uh, didn't, I think it might have hit a couple of theaters in a limited run here in America. It was at the pageant for a minute. It was at the pageant, you're right. Um, And then upon getting a Best Picture nomination at the Academy Awards this year, um, I'm pretty sure it's playing in major theaters now. I know it's at Cinemark, and I'm sure other places. It runs two hours, 27 minutes long. Um, It's been described as a black comedy, a satire of the uber-wealthy, gender roles and and all sorts of examinations of um, modern life as it pertains to the uh, sort of fringes of economic disparity. Johnny, what'd you think? So I didn't really like it very much at all. Did you go in expecting to like it? Um, I had neutral to medium hopes. Okay. All right. Tell me more. It, I found it to be trying to be more than it was. It, it was – I kept going back and forth because there's a lot of um, metaphor that is not subtle, that is very mm-hmm. on the nose, that is even you know spoken uh, about and sure. spoken out loud through a boat's PA system. Sure, sure. Uh, we'll get to Woody Harrelson in the danger zone. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but I thought, yeah, it had these big ideas in it. Like it takes big swings, right? Like it's tackling these ideas of of class disparity, of of – all kinds, you know, from social status, mm-hmm. economic status, mm-hmm. racial status. Sure. And it really kind of pokes fun at that and plays with that. But for me, it was all so surface. Like, it really didn't sink in. Like, it wasn't hard to get. Was that a boat sinking pun? It was. Nicely done. It didn't really, like, see, they didn't do it for me. Sure. Because... I feel like the metaphor was just too at the surface. It was just... Is that another pun? Yeah. It was just right there for us. And it was... I like a movie that is a little bit more mentally stimulating. It felt very oversimplified ideas. There wasn't a whole lot to read into them. All of the allegory was very easy to follow along and figure out. Uh, It was like... 
a piece of art, like a painting or something, with a very specific thing to say okay. that is very obvious. It just it requires no thought from the viewer for me. Okay. It just felt too spoon fed. It didn't really stimulate much of my brain in the way of being vaguely entertained, but it didn't really provoke much thought for me. It wasn't very outlandish. It, nothing really surprised me. Okay. It just overall very underwhelming. Was it funny to you? There were a couple times, and there was there's some absurdity in this movie that, that garners a chuckle. Sure. Um, but sure. I would say that this is not a funny movie. Are you saying that it's not striving to be a comedy? Or it it's, is. It's failing at being funny. It's failing. Okay. I didn't think it was very funny. Out of 10, Triangle of Sadness. 3-2. I was really bummed I missed this at the pageant. I watched it by myself, and I don't think this is a movie to watch by yourself. I think it's a movie to watch in a crowd, and depending on the mentality of that crowd, like you're either going to go with the movie or not. Um, there's a ton of absurdity here. I laughed quite a bit, sort of. Like more... I don't know if anything shocked me, but there were some shocking things that happened, and I was doing sort of like, uh, like, unbelievable, like, like, um, gasping laughter, like, like, come on, especially in the second chapter, which takes place on the yacht. Um, I agree with you. You know, there's there's nothing subtle about what the movie's trying to say. There's an ambiguous ending to the movie, which I think is the only time it doesn't lead you by the hand to any particular conclusion which felt out of place to me sorry to interrupt it did no it did feel out of place but i enjoyed that because i had been strung along so handholdy the whole time that i was ready for a little bit of being able to subject my own opinions um i didn't love this either i didn't dislike it quite as much as you did um i thought woody harrelson i love all the time we didn't really mention him in the in the cast list but as you said he's the captain of this yacht and Mm -hmm. um he basically doesn't show up until the captain's dinner which he chooses on a night where the weather's really bad and that plays a role in what happens. I think he's great. Um, I think the two leads are pretty good too. There is a character that comes out of nowhere, um, played by uh, Dolly DeLeon named Abigail, who does a great job in the third act. I, like, I get it. I get the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. It's, it's, you know, we can get into maybe technical stuff and, and the, the craft at work in the movie making, um, but coming at it from an emotional perspective and, and just appreciation, for me, it's like a six. I'm going to stick to that. I feel okay with the six. Um, how do you want to talk? We've got a few minutes here. Um, is there anything you want to talk about in particular? Well, for starters, Woody Harrelson had a slightly larger role than a can. Yeah, we'll call it. We'll call it a a nod. Yeah, I think it's it's would be. I don't remember if this was in the credits in the beginning. Were there beginning credits? There I believe so. Been. Yeah, it would be like also also Woody Harrelson as mm-hmm. Captain whatever. Yeah. It'd be one of those things like after all the other stars. Mm-hmm. We just saw that in a movie. So yeah. it struck me as a combination of, if you'll indulge me, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's, uh, the, what was the one from last year on the beach? Oh, old. Old. And the menu combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit. Without the super, but there's just so much beach stuff that ends up happening that I wasn't even aware of. And it kind of looked like the same beach. It looked a lot like the same beach to yes. me. It just felt similar. There's like whip pans that were used, I think, in, in old as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but thematically, certainly coming from the past couple of years of this trend of like eat the rich kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, which again, like as a message I enjoy, yeah. I don't think it worked really well in the movie, uh, the hunt. I don't think that did a good job. Uh, I, I didn't like the menu as much as you, but the same message is like, some people are so rich and isn't that crazy. And what would happen if people that weren't so rich had a say in all of this? Mm-hmm. Great, 
great meta- great way to wrap up a metaphorical idea and like put it on screen. Yeah. Um, I think this movie was more effective at it than those two that I mentioned, mm. at least. See, for me, like the menu, far superior. Mm-hmm. There's there's a few more like this too, and that'd be a fun little list to make. But mm-hmm. um, I might have derailed a thought you were going for. No. Okay. Um, any particular standout performances or scenes? Or The movie's pretty clearly broken up into three chapters. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite chapter? I think they all work on different levels, and they feel like separate things. I like pretty much the second chapter, everything that happened on the boat. Okay. I mean, I think this movie thrived when it was really playing in the sandbox of just complete polar opposites in classes Mm -hmm. and the way that the guests on this yacht treat the staff uh, was wildly differing from one person to the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, just some unique characters and kind of characters or archetypes of rich people on Mm -hmm. this boat. Yes. Um, they all like worked kind of like I said, like I love, I'm with you. I love the idea of this movie. I think the execution and the fact that the storytelling didn't come together to me in an interesting way at all. Okay, sure. I think the second chapter on the yacht is also probably when the movie's at its best. It's also the most absurd. Mm -hmm. There is a sequence of events (laughs) that, that begins because one of the guests insists that some of the staff go for a swim. Mm Mm-hmm. Because of that, some of the food is not prepared properly. Some raw Basically. octopus just sitting out. Combine that with a storm and then things things go the way you'd expect them to go. What you might not expect is for it to get as visual as it does. And I think that's like at, at the height of its absurdity is is where there was like a like a pretty heavy song that comes on. Like by heavy I mean like like, like rock, like, like heavy metal, metal like, song. Yeah. And it's the combination of what is what is being put on screen. That I think is is like where the movie is probably saying its most poignant things, mm-hmm. and then we deal with whatever happens after after what happens with the yacht in the third act, um, which I've seen on the internet. But I, if you don't know, I was I enjoyed that there was a whole other chapter, so I won't say it now. But the movie goes a different place. Um, although I guess we already said a beach, mm-hmm. so they spend some time on a beach. Yep. The boat sinks. <laughs> There's a shipwreck. Yeah, um, but yeah, I agree. I think the second act is kind of the the meat of it all. Yeah, it's pretty obvious from like trailers that the boat sinks and it becomes a desert survival or a deserted island yeah. situation. Um, I don't think that's spoilery at all. No, I think that's okay. The only thing we haven't really touched on in terms of themes are like the gender roles and expectations that we have that I think is the first thing we really spend time with. The movie starts on sort of a, like, is it New York? I think it might be New York, like a New York fashion scene. Something like that. New York, matter. Paris, yeah, Milan, right. whatever. Um, and these two are, are uh, Carl and Yaya are out to dinner and they have this big fight about who's going to pay, and then turns into a stupid argument, like a very classic relationship argument where they're like arguing about, started with one thing and now they're just arguing about different stuff and it just keeps getting escalated. Um, but throughout the movie, it's like Carl's role as a quote-unquote man and what that means. And I feel like the commentary on how that gets subverted on the on the island, especially when, when Abigail comes to kind of do what she does, I think is also going to be, well, it's going to be important for our conversation if we spoil the ending in the danger zone because um, I think that's a, big part of how a viewer could uh, disentangle the ambiguity of the ending. And I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that, but I guess we can't talk about it now. Not yet. So um, do you have anything else on Triangle of Sadness, Johnny? I wanted more Woody Harrelson. I thought it was about right. I was I okay know. with it. I would have loved to seen him on the island. He would have been, he would have run, he probably would have run it. Probably. I don't know. He's such a powerful on-screen charismatic presence that I yeah. think, it, I think the movie might've gotten bogged down by that. That's fair. Um, I, yeah, I, they used, he was probably on screen for 
five minutes, maybe. Yeah. I like that he ordered a hamburger. Yeah. Don't go in for fine. fine yeah, I don't like <laughs> So good. Uh, as this captain of this like Uber, I, I don't know what those tickets cost, but a lot. A lot. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're good there? Yeah. All right. Well, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema again, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Triangle of Sadness is available to rent on video on demand. And if you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own, again, you can reach us on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema or send us an email to fhccast at gmail.com. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for Triangle of Sadness, a second beer review, and Hot and Bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. That's right. The rest of this episode. <laughs> why did I, I, I don't know why, but I love it. You keep going. Do it like that every time. <laughs> it's like you were saying that's right, and then you forgot you had to keep going. Do it again. Just We're keeping it. Keep going. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. It surprised myself. The rest of this episode will be out tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. on all major podcast platforms. To our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. We will catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM, people-powered radio. And until then, watch some films and drink something that makes your senses sizzle. And to those of you currently listening in podcast form, we'll be right back with The Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone, folks. That's where we spoil our movie of the week, Triangle of Sadness. If you haven't seen it, here come some flippin' spoilers. So gird your loins. Um, sometimes we play a game when we're together. I don't know if you do this on your own, but when they say the name of a movie, I, you, I, you drink something. I do it. Um, good. I didn't today, but uh, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because Triangle of Sadness is not some weird Bermuda Triangle thing, which is kind of what I thought. Like I kept seeing the boat on the movie posters. Like, I guess it's like the Bermuda triangle, right? No, it's a modeling expression. It's the, the section between your eyebrows slash the bottom of your forehead that when you look all angry, makes a little triangle. And they said in the movie to Carl, can you, I think he's like, can you, can you relax your triangle of sadness a little bit? Mm -hmm. So fun fact to kick off the danger zone. That's right. We're an informational podcast. Yes, we are. As well as entertainment. <clears throat> uh, so let's talk spoilers, I guess. Um, the only thing I really care to discuss at least as far as i'm concerned right now is how the movie ends but mm -hmm. if there's anything else you want to get into before that I, the floor is yours sir hmm well it basically degraded into white orchid or i'm sorry white lotus like meets yeah. survivor that's the way i read this meets lord of the flies was, if there was a girl yep on the island yep is is did you just say you didn't say degraded you said degraded I think it might just be degraded, degradated. I, well, degradation, I know, is a word. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I would love my grammatical brain, if you could just double check, would make me so happy. Degradated? I think it's a word. I think it, I mean, it sounds like it would be a word. It's like Miles Braun in Glass Onion. Like he says all these things like you think are words, but right. when you think about it, like, mm -mm. what's the one that people always, it's not, is it? No. Nope. <laughs> I think it's just degrade. It degrades or it, it, uh, yeah, it degraded into... I just love <clears throat> the word degradate. Great word. Uh, but apparently can't be used in the past tense for a situation. Um, oh, degradate. Devolved might have worked, too. I spelled it wrong. It is a word? Yep. Declined to a low, destitute, or demoralized state. Read the word. Degradation. Degradation, I know. But can you Deg say degradated? Degradate is the third person singular simple present. Yeah, present, but can you put it in the past tense? Uh, I don't think you can. Simple past and past participle. Uh-huh. 
degraded. Yeah, it's degraded. Yep. But I like degradated. That was nice. I, I make the motion now to to have that be officially accepted by the Merriam, if not just Urban Dictionary, well, the Merriam-Webster. It's in my lexicon. I also feel now we are certainly an informational podcast. Mm-hmm. You've learned grammar. You've learned uh, the other thing I said, which I don't even remember now. The triangle of sadness. Right. We're you've te- teaching anatomy. You, teaching you how to be a smart model. Which is what we need in this world. Our listeners, they're smart <laughs> models. Um, or at least we'll teach you to identify dumb ones. Yep. Okay. Were you saying you wanted to talk about? So yeah, it it degraded to it degraded Lord of the Flies, <laughs> White Lotus, what have you, Survivor, Survivor. Yeah, it was all very. It was so straightforward, dude. I found it just so boring. Here's what I loved about that is that you get Abigail played by uh, Dolly DeLeon, who basically takes Carl as her sexual concubine, mm-hmm. which is not what would happen. In like the traditional sort of islands, like it would <laughs> right. be the alpha male who mm-hmm. comes and is like, "I'm gonna have sex with her and her." But all these dudes were not very handy. They weren't. No, and I love that too. Which and this was so on the nose. Like, of course, they're like these old rich dudes. Like one Does dude. Anyone sold, know how to build a fire? No one knew how. To, which makes total sense. One guy sold fertilizer. He sold shit. He sold shit. He loves saying that Russian dude who we'll talk it's about the conversation shit. between him and uh, Woody Harrelson. Um, the other dude uh, uh, was like an oh, he died in the boat. He was an arms dealer, like an arms manufacturer. He died by hand grenade. I love that, by the way. Like it's great. Like they go out with a thing that they possibly manufactured. It such, dude, it's such so a, on the nose. Such a fucking eye rolly moment. But I loved it. Like good. Is yeah. it good enough to be best picture? Good. Well, so this is when we can get into like more of the filmmaking if we want to. But but first. Uh, Let's talk about what happens in the third act. Yeah. Because I think that's where the most interesting conversation probably lies. Um, Yes. It turns into sort of a survival movie. We're on an island. Wherein the gender roles are certainly flipped. The power structures flipped a little bit. Abigail, who was in on the boat, she was like a, she literally cleaned up shit when it was all erupting from, it's like she was the lowest of the low. Very parasite in that way. There's like lots of, which you still haven't seen. Nope. Okay. Well, there's, you know, there's class disparity in that movie is, mm-hmm. is the simplest way to boil it down. She has no power on the boat. Then we get to the island. Then the people with all the power now have none. Very simplistic idea, but a fun way to execute it by putting them on an island and watching them sort of survive. Mm-hmm. Her taking Carl for sex and giving him pretzels is lovely. I mean, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's great. And she just basically is like, she catches an octopus the first night and is like, I'm keeping all of this octopus because I caught it. I did all the work. Y'all, you don't have a choice. At one point, she basically was like, I'm the captain now. I'm the queen now. And said, everyone's like, you're the captain. And it just flips everything. So all I want to get to is the ending. When they discover, they go on a hike, her and Yaya. They hike over the mountain, discover there's like a hidden luxury resort. Awkward hike, too. I miss Steal Your Man. Totally. Uh, Meanwhile, while they're hiking, some like souvenir vendor comes and like tries to give the one woman who can't speak like you know buy my stuff and she's like ah Mm -hmm. uh which is going to come into play when when carl's running at the end because i think that's like why why is he running what's the point and i have theories i'm sure you do too um get to the end find the resort uh abigail clearly is like i don't want to go back to my other life here I am the captain. Mm-hmm. There, I scrub shit. No, thank you. Uh, Yaya's like, we gotta go. Let's. Go. And then Abigail's like, I gotta pee first, and it's gonna hit her with a rock, sneaking up. And then, and then Yaya's like, you could be my assistant, and I'm I could help you. Then, right before it cuts to black, we see Carl running as fast as he can through through the forest, presumably towards them. Then, movie over. Do you have theories on the ending? 
He was running to them. Why? I don't know. There, I, I feel like you could read it a couple ways. One, he's like all of a sudden decided, I'm sorry, Yaya, for having so much sex with Abigail in this so life. Like, just, just, and you get, the, like, I got the impression it wasn't like vanilla stuff he was fine with. Like, he, she knew he wanted the pretzels. Yeah. Things got weird. I think things got weird. Um, alternately, so, so he's going to Yaya to be like, I'm sorry, this is what's been happening. Like, he kind of suggested, like, telling her. Um, on the other hand, he also met the souvenir dude and he's like going to try to tell him like, Hey, like we're saved. Like this is, there's a resort. Those are, I think kind of the two options. There might be one more that I'm not thinking of right now, but yeah. Do you think that Abigail killed her? Yep. Why? Cause she, she had that power. She had the lust. You think her. she's not giving it up? Nope. She's, she might, she might still be on that Island to this day. I love the way that that actress played the Deleon played like, because because you know for sure, like, when she's sneaking up on her, she's going to kill her. And then Yaya's like, maybe I can help you. I don't know how. Maybe you could be my assistant. You, she does this great little bit of acting where, like, she does seem conflicted. Mm-hmm. She's like, just for a second, like, I, so I didn't know. And that's when it cuts away. And I love that ambiguous ending because, like I was saying earlier, like, so much of this movie has been like, this is this. There's no misinterpreting it. This is what I'm telling you. And then he's like, no, you decide for yourself what happens. And I think it comes down to how it comes down to the viewer. Like what kind of, what kind of person are you, which will be reflected in like, what do you think of people? Like, what do you think that person would do? When asked the actress that played Abigail said, no, she killed her for sure. <laughs> she doesn't know either. <laughs> yeah. the, the director won't say, but right. I think that's, that's probably a poignant bit of conversation that, that the actress that played her is like, no, she, she hit her with the rock right. for sure. Um, I think she didn't. Yeah. That's how, that's what I want to think. You want the hopeful ending. You do. I do. Um, but I don't know, man, I could easily be swayed to like, no, she hit her with a rock, buried the body or threw it out to sea. And then they went on living in this weird thing on the other half of the Island. When I, when they said they were going to go on the hike together, I was like, oh, for sure. She's going to kill Yaya. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually thought maybe Yaya was going to kill her. Mm. Like I thought for like, Yaya wanted to go by herself and Abigail was like, let me come with you. But then as they were hiking, as they got up that incline and Yaya was like, it's going to get easier from here. I swear. I thought she was going to like push her off the cliff. Which also would have been great. Uh, different different commentary at that point. That's mm-hmm. more like the so the rich winning. Did you empathize with our two influencers? No. By the end? No. Not really. I did more than the beginning. Yeah. I'm I'm very very tired of of that. I'm I'm sick of the word influencer. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, like they got this trip for free. They're not rich, mm-hmm. but they are powerful in that sense. And I think that was kind of fun throwing those two people in with these like uber rich people. Uh, and just like the power dynamics they all share and are still way higher than like the servant class. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Yeah. I thought it was boring. Yeah, that's fair. All right. You got anything else on Triangle of Sadness? No. All right. I can't believe this got nominated for Best Picture. I can. That's fucking ridiculous. I'm surprised though, because it I don't, you know, I don't I don't know if Ruben Ostland is uh living in America. I think traditionally most movies that are nominated for Best Picture are from American directors, if not just uh, directors living in America. So I'm, I'm not sure. And I could also be wrong on that, but it's how it, it's how it feels. Hmm. Uh, this wouldn't have surprised me being in like best international feature category. Yeah. But here we are in the top 10 with this thing. Man. Time for another beer? What do you think? It is. All right, we are back with beer number two. Again, if you, uh, if you forgot, we're talking tripping animals out of Dorsal, Florida. This beer is called Sour Trip... <laughs> 
Two peas. It's a fruited sour at 6%, and they have this to say. It's a collaboration with our friends from White Labs Yeast and Fermentation, soured using our house lacto-pitch yeast, conditioned with blackberry, mango, peach, marshmallow, and vanilla. It is in our glasses now, I will say it. Poured more like, I don't know, grapefruit juice mixed with maple syrup. But before we get to any of that, Johnny, uh, I said White Labs yeast and fermentation, which I don't know what that is. Yeah, they are basically scientists that are pushing the science of yeast and fermentation to its utmost. Okay. From their website, I will read you a little snippet from their About Me. Uh, Every day we set out on a single mission to stretch the limits of science in order to set new standards in purity and freshness. From the industry's first pitchable liquid yeast to a complete Mm -hmm. revolution Mm -hmm. in the way that it's propagated and packaged, our innovative spirit is tireless. So basically they are mad yeast scientists. You said liquid yeast, essentially? That's pretty cool. That is. Uh, That's hard to wrap my brain around, I think, but awesome, cool. Um, Okay, so that is when they, when in the description I said soured using our house lacto-pitch yeast. I assume that is what they are talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Or at least something from White Labs. So, so, so. Um, This is wild. We just had fruited sour listed, and I think this was an untapped uh, poll Mm -hmm. from the category of beer. Um, It looks more like maybe a smoothie sour would. It's very thick. It's, um, it is the color of... It's grapefruit juice, I think is the right color, mm-hmm. with maybe a splash of uh, half and half in it. You've tasted it. Mm-hmm. Good or bad? It's so good. Oh, nice, dude. Okay. Uh, why is it so good? Wow. This is a, a fruit explosion, man. And a lot of fruited sours, the vanilla doesn't punch through, but that, sure. that vanilla comes through in a big way. The vanilla and the marshmallow add that just fluffy, that creaminess, man. creamy, just white chocolatey almost sweetness to it and then you're getting a lot of the the juiciness from the peach for me the peach is very prevalent yeah any tang in this i feel is coming from blackberry but that Mm. peach and that mango mixed with the marshmallow and vanilla is creating a symphony of just mouth-watering flavors right now yeah Nice. Oh. There, there's there's a mustiness to mangoes that I can almost never not taste when it comes to beer. Like there's always this like blanket of wet mustiness. See, I love mango. I do too. I just don't know that it always translates to beer. And I think here the the tanginess of of like the blackberries, maybe the bitter. Not you didn't say bitter. You said uh, what did you say? I said tartness. Tartness. Sure. Um, is fighting the mango mustiness very slightly, mm-hmm. but. I'm with you. This is is very, very much like marshmallow vanilla forward. Very creamy, very soft, very silky, um, very thick. Very um, thick. It's almost a thicky, too thick boy. much. Because um, there's a lot of carbonation in there as well, and it's giving me a very strange experience. So unique, perhaps, uh, up there with the, uh, you know, I, I would call this a smoothie sour mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And I don't really know the distinctions. I think it's such a new sort of... Uh, Genre? Yes. What do you? It's a branch in the tree of yeah, of beer. New, yeah, sure. That I don't know that we have completely quantified it yet. Um, but I would, I'd bet a pretty penny this is something that would qualify as a smoothie sour for this drinker. It does. Yeah, and that's all that counts. I like it. Yeah. You like it a lot. I like it a lot. I'm gonna take a second drink. Uh, yeah. What a wild I, thing so far. I really do, man. The peach, blackberry, mango—such a great combination. It's so tropical. So smooth, very sweet, but in that vanilla marshmallow way Mm -hmm. where it actually adds layers to the flavor and really 
couples nicely with the fruits that they've chosen. It really gives me kind of a a fresh fruit pie and a slice of or in a scoop of ice cream yeah. vibe. Very like uh, peach pie. It the, totally is. I like a beer that makes anybody over the age of 55 say, this isn't beer. I like that. I like that bit of controversy. Right. So it gets an extra point for me. It's it's like that beer from Drecker that we drank out uh, of North Dakota. Chonk. Chonk Pineapple Whip. Yeah. Uh, last, last, last November, actually. November uh, 2021, I think it was. I like it. I like, I like pushing the envelope. And this certainly pushes the traditional beer envelope. I will give it that. I love that. Let's talk about the can, Johnny, because this also has animals, not fish, like you said. Um, would you run me through what is on the front of this thing? So it's essentially a dog with a bandana, a lab coat, and goggles on uh, in a chemistry lab with beakers and boiling things. And sure. the whole backdrop is just super psychedelic, mm-hmm. very tie-dye. Uh, it's fantastic. It's a rainbow sherbet kind of yeah. Backdrop. And the for what it's worth, the dog looks very high. Does he? Yeah, look at his eyes. They're bright red. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, they're not even open, my guy. Yeah. They're just sort of drooping. Yeah. The dog's drooping. Which I, I wonder if these fish looked high, too. I'm going to pull up this. They do. Up. They have the same eyes. Oh, yeah. These fish are. Why didn't we notice that? I don't know. Um, also, to close this loop, um, you said these beers were the same price, Johnny? Yeah. Okay. This one is, I just had it. Uh, it was eight twenty nine at mm-hmm. SNS. Um, so pricey. Yeah. Um, not crazy, but but, you know, for a pint can... Hi, Red. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, I don't like this one more than the first. Oh, I do by a lot. I know you do. I do like it quite a bit. Um, it's I don't want a pint. I don't want 16 ounces of it, so I'm glad we're splitting it. Would you drink a whole can of this? That's tough. Are you getting into heartburn territory yet? Close. How far? How much do you drink out of your glass? You maybe had three ounces? Yeah. I'm going to drink a little more for fun. Drink and and for science, it yeah. seems appropriate. Obviously. Um, that dog didn't get high. For us not to enjoy for us this. not to enjoy the beer, you're absolutely right. He's having a he's having a time. I like this beer quite a bit. I think this is a perfect thing to share. I think I can firmly say that I would not enjoy 16 ounces of this. I think eight ounces is my max on this guy, but that's an enjoyable eight ounces. Yeah. After that, to drink a whole can, it would be it would become a struggle, mainly just from like. Uh, mouthfeel fatigue. There's a brand new thing, dude. No, it should be a, a very, it should be a tried and true phrase because that's a real thing for sure. It drinks like an imperial barrel aged stout mm-hmm. uh, in terms of mouthfeel and thickness. Syrupy. It's very syrupy. Um, the viscosity on this guy's through the roof. And it's syrupy in a way that when it sticks around because of that, it's it's really leaving me with a lot of that tanginess. And it's yeah. like a very heavy, like my, my tongue is just, it feels like it's lifting barbells. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Barbells? Yeah. 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 These guys, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what it feels like my tongue is while I'm mm-hmm. just speaking. I don't want more than eight ounces either, so I yeah. think you and I split this evenly and we call it a day, but before we do, let's give it an out of 10. It's a great beer to share. Yep. Flavor profile's tremendous. Really enjoying the fruit and that that soft, pillowy sweetness. Yep. For me, this is a... Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, hot diggity dog. No pun intended. What do you, come on, man. Seven, it out. 7.8. Damn it. Okay, I thought it was going to be higher. No. Uh, all right, well, all around me going to be more favorable on this brewery than you, because for me, it's an eight, which brings my total score, not that that's a thing that we do, but to 17 <laughs> out of 20 for this brewery, which I think we should do. That's fun. For new breweries, we should be like, like yeah. that's, that's a good score. Like, I'm going to look for all their stuff. And for you, it's a, what'd you rate the first beer? Uh, six one plus seven is a 13.1. Oh, sorry. Uh, 13.9 for you total. Decent. 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 Above average. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, yeah, tripping animals out of Dorsal, Florida. Something to keep your eye open for, for sure. Uh, new to our area, as far mm-hmm. as we know. It's an yep. SNS produce, both of these beers. Did they have other beers or just these two? Just the two. 
Okay. And if for whatever reason our vivid descriptions of these cans weren't good enough for you, like Johnny said, you can always look for our beer of the week uh, fridge sticker cling magnet thing. Yeah. And right behind that sticker magnet cling thing will be these beers. So, uh, you know, go, go grab them, I think, is my recommendation. And uh, rewind this biatch and drink along with us. It's always a fun time. Absolutely. Nick. Um, I think that's all I got. What do you say we pour these up and uh, move in hot and bothered? Let's pour them up. Hot and bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bothered. It's a portion of the show where we talk about what's got us super jazzed or less than jazzed for our weeks, more or less. Not the best intro I've ever done. Super jazzed or, or uh, What's the opposite of jazz? Bummed. No, I feel like sometimes jazz is bummed. Like I should have been like, what's got us, what's got us pop or what's got us jazz? Because some people are like, I don't like jazz. But what if you do like jazz and you're using it as negative? How many people do you think like jazz listen to this show? At least At least, two, at least two. Oh, at three, least two. sure. There's yeah. three. Okay, there's a few. At least half of our audience. I don't hate jazz. I like jazz. Jazz like, is fun. I like me some Miles. Mm, a little experimental for me. Yeah? Yeah. He's too free flow for you. He's a little, it's a little new agey, dude. I don't you need like, bitches brew up in here. You like structure. Though, my guy, what is the brewery that made that beer called Bitches Brew? Uh, I think that was an evil twin beer. That doesn't sound right to me. It was like Omegong or something, but uh, it, it was a gross beer. So I don't know if, I guess that's two, that's zero out of two for me on that one. Hmm. Do you know who it was? Dogfish Head. Dogfish Head. That's right. Uh, gross. Anyways, the point good. is we're in Hot and Bothered. Yeah. So I'm going to go first. I got two things. I got one of each. Um, I have started working on, uh, I think what's going to become an album. So I'm tracking some stuff for songs off that. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it now. So I'll just say to to bookmark this in history for me to look back on eventually. That's what I'm doing right now. Is uh, there a working title? No. Yeah, there should be one. No, I don't have the songs sort of even ironed Yeah, no, yeah. Yet. That's why you have like a stupid one, like fucking tomahawk knife wound. I'm not going to call it that, but I can you come up with one? Or you know what? Workshop me like 10 and I'll pick one. That'll be the working title. Okay. And I'll put it in the liner notes. Like this is what got me through the first phase until we got to whatever I end up calling Done. it. Okay. Um, I've been sick for about four days. I'm, I'm actually more than that. I'm technically no longer sick, but I still feel it. I don't know if anybody can hear it in my voice, but I'm very sort of up in my nose area congested. I still have a little bit of a cough. Uh, so that sucks and I'm mad about it. So that's what's got me bummed out. And that that's sucks. my hot and bothered this week. All right. Take it away, Johnny. Well, I've been watching a lot of content as the resident television consumer of this podcast. I have one more bothered. I'm so sick of people saying content. I'm sick of it. Why? It's right up there with influencer for me. It's like, and it's not just you, though you say it a lot, but well, yours no, is legit. People yeah. are always like, here's how, you, hey, to get the most followers, you got to generate new content. Get that content out there. You know what people love? Content, my bro. You want to be a fluencer? Yeah, like just, you know, what? Content could mean anything. All right. Well, I'm a purveyor. Maybe media. Like you've watched a lot of, of shows. The, I don't the know. Media medium of television. It's pissing me right off. I gotta tell you. Well, on that note, I got some content I want to <laughs> talk to you about. Uh, I've been All watching right. some some television programs, and uh, I think that's my torch that I carry in this show. I watch way more television shows. I don't than know you. where you find the time. Oh, I find time. I mean, you crank through seasons, and oh, then I, I pull up my list of movies I've told you to watch. You're like, not enough hours in the day. I've also watched like eight David Cronenberg movies in the last month. Yeah. So, are you, are you logging those on Letterboxd? Oh, yeah. That's good. You would know if you ever well, checked in with me. Well, that's probably true. You're like one of my three followers. It's really sad when. Well, I haven't been logging. I've been three on in a while. People that follow me don't engage at all. It's fine. I'll be better at that. The list is for me, it's not for you. 
Anyways, yeah, man, there's some exciting new television out there. I will start with a show called Down to Earth. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to it. It came out, first season was in 2020. Yeah. Um, but I would describe this as a buddy documentary travel, food, and like environmental issues show. Okay. So it stars Zach Efron, and he's essentially going all around the world with his friend and like a fitness and health guy that he got into. He's, I don't want to say influencer, but he's like, yeah, a, but he is, right? Like, that's I what don't the, know this if, show is the epitome of like this. Well, he's more of like a podcaster. I don't know if that's like, I don't know we're if we're the worst. Podcasters are the worst yeah, at this sort of thing. Where it's like, hey, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this guy's Darren uh, Olean. He's okay. written books on diet and he's all vegan and plant based and blah, blah, blah. But they go all over the world. Like the first episode, they went to Iceland and went to the um, hydroelectric plants. I've there. seen this episode. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, really, really loved it. And I wanted to watch it because it was actually recommended to me by a friend of the show, Beer Buyer at SNS, Andy. Sure. Shout out in a weird way because he was telling me about the second episode that was all about water. Okay. And we talked about that for probably 20 minutes before I had ever watched the show. Just got around to watching it. I've been really enjoying it. I love that it's not too heavy-handed uh, with the uh -huh. like the politics or the we need to change the world. It's there, but it's not over the top. It, they don't beat you in the head with it. But obviously the show has a point, and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But they're also just two dudes like going to restaurants and trying food and listening to them try and give tasting notes is laughable. But it's not so self-serious where they like overcompensate. They're okay. just being themselves. So it feels like a pretty genuine travel show with some beautiful cinematography and and you're going all over the world. The, so far I've watched Costa Rica, France, um, Iceland, and uh, Spain. They went nice. to the Spain where it's like this part of the world where there's the most people in this city that have lived to be over 100. I've seen that episode yeah. too. How many have you watched the whole show? I guess I have. All right. <laughs> I've seen all of it. <laughs> so anyways, it's, it's a little bit older, but it's been really scratching an itch and it's been quite fun seeing different parts of the world and the way that they interact with the environment and dude iceland's so sustainable i had no idea iceland's great yeah. you, you have to like zach efron for this right like you can't think he's like a total douche and watch the show and enjoy it or you should because he doesn't come off as a total douche it feels like the show is meant like it's his i'm not a douche like, yeah it's like being like look I, like i'm not i swear to you i'm just i care about stuff i'm a normal guy that doesn't know how to talk about food when i eat it right yeah. Yeah. He's, it's just a lot. Yeah. But I think, yeah, if you, I mean, if it's if like a very good cause, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he still annoys me a little bit. That's fair. I don't know. He's uh, too handsome. No, dude. He, no. I think peak Zach Efron, by the way, since nobody asked, was probably greatest showman. <laughs> um, and before that, Troy Bolton in High School Musical. He's gotten, like, I think he might have, like, had some problem. Like, I think he, like, broke something, like his face. I think yeah. he broke his face. Mm -hmm. Broke his face real bad. I think he shattered his jaw is what mm -hmm. it was. Uh, even still after that, he's had like a lot of um, plastic surgery and like Botox work done and he's just looking f like faker and faker. I think Cher is great. Okay. Cher is awesome for what, but, but at the same time, I don't think she should be the metric for you know, realistic, you know, appearances. And I think Zac Efron's gotten a little worse. Did you see Baywatch? Yeah. He looks bad. I don't know how else to put it. Like he's ripped. Mm -hmm. And tan, like he's got, if you take any one of his features alone, 10 out of 10, but you put it all together and it's like this weird uncanny valley of like, 
a human face. It's weird real? to me. It's yeah. weird. And he was in that movie with The Rock. That's Baywatch. That's what I'm saying. He's in that movie. Oh, Baywatch, I see. I see. With The Rock. Yeah. Like two humans that are mostly man-made. But The Rock works. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that is. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They're equally unattainable <laughs> Zach figures. Zac just not supposed to look like that. He's not. And I just don't think that going around the world and like telling me you care about solar panels is going to change my mind. It feels disingenuous. I don't like it. I don't hate him. I, I like the I show. Mean, I don't hate him either. I guess, you know, it's fine. I'm mostly being salty. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> what else have you watched? So um, if you are not watching The Last of Us on HBO Max. I'm not. You are missing... Genuinely, a television masterpiece. Give me the give me the short thing about the Last of Us. Just give me like the quick pitch on what this is. So the Last of Us takes place right before a pandemic spreads across the country. Okay, turns people into zombies and essentially destroys all infrastructure. Okay, you're you're missing a key point about this show hmm. is that it wasn't an original show. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, I don't know. I know it was a video game. Yeah, the source material is uh, the Last of Us, the video game. Older game, newer game? I can't remember. Newer. I never played it. Came out on PS4. Horror game, obviously. Not horror survival. Survival, yeah. Okay. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. The girl who Bella Ramsey. The, Bella Ramsey. Little Baratheon girl from mm -hmm. Game of Thrones. Who else? Anybody of note that we need to talk about? Well, for the most part, I mean, Anna Torv was one of the supporting cast a little bit. Uh, it's a lot of relatively unknown just by looking at them. Sure. Uh, but episode two... Or I'm sorry, episode three. Uh, people have been talking. I've been seeing like, if you haven't watched episode three, it broke me. Episode three is so good. Epis what do you do with your life? Episode three is everything. Uh, it has Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett, who if you're not familiar with Murray mm -hmm. Bartlett, he was the concierge in season one of White Lotus. I'm still not familiar with that. You got to watch White Lotus. It's great. Anyways, yeah. Episode three um, is going to get that show an Emmy, like for sure. It was so good, and it was such a departure of the first two episodes. Okay. It, it was not a survival horror episode. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. All I've – do you want to get into why? Because I've seen a couple things on the internet, so I'm not necessarily at risk of being spoiled, nor am I worried about it. No, I don't want to spoil it. I think okay. you should just really enjoy that show. The cinematography is top-notch. Pedro Pascal is amazing, and Bella Ramsey is amazing as well. How many episodes are out? There's only three out right now. How many will there be? I think there's going to be six. Maybe I come eight? to you not for your best guess. For information, sir, this is an informational podcast. I would oh, love if you right, could fine. tell me, possibly, how many there might be in uh, season one. Is that how they're doing it? By season? Yeah. I'm just talking until your eyes from across the table register that you oh, found something right. on your computer. And I don't know that you have yet, so I'm just going to keep... And maybe here's the thing about TV shows is that they don't always announce how many episodes there will be. And if at any point you realize that's... Think, yeah, okay, I'm having a hard time great. finding it. Okay, then maybe they haven't announced it. That was the most annoying run-on sentence I've ever spoken. You're still looking. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still talking. Oh, there's going to be nine. Nine. Thank you. Okay. okay. Uh, so three so far released weekly? Yes. Okay. I think it's some very high-quality science fiction, horror-y, survival-y... Just some top-notch everything. Great. To me, it's like a more – it's like what The Walking Dead should have mm -hmm. been and or stayed. Gotcha. The Walking Dead fell off for me, and that's a whole it's other – That show's still going. Is it really? I think so. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're doing Stop at this it, point. Coral. 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 I think Carl's dead, man. Good. Uh, Yeah. I'm good. pretty sure Carl died. Good. I don't know about good. I mean, he's a kid, but I mean, I hear you. He was an annoying little kid. He, was a, he brought them together. He brought together – uh, Rick and Negan, I think, at the end. Not the end. The end for me. I stopped watching. Mm. 
So anyways. Yes. Are you interested? I'll watch it. It's so good. You got anything else uh, on, on your hot and bothered list? No, that's it. All right, look, next week, Johnny's got us beers. Johnny, what are those beers, or at least where are they from? Yeah, we're going to be doing two brand new to us beers from a newly reformatted Crux Brewing out of, actually, Crux Fermentation Project. Thank you. Out of Bend, Oregon. They have some brand new beers from them at the store mm-hmm. that are some IPAs I've never seen before. They okay. look like they're trying to get back into prominence, so we're going to try those out. We're actually going to be continuing on our quest for the Best Picture nominees with right. reviews of Banshees of Inisherin and The Fablemans. Yeah, neither of us have seen The Fablemans. I've seen Banshees of Inisherin. I will not watch it again. It bummed me out. Fair enough. So, But I'm, I'm excited for you to see it. It's a great film. And also, we're going to have to see Infinity Pool. Like that's one I'm gonna have, I'm gonna put my foot down. No, I, I figured you. That's why I put it in the options yeah. for next week. I figured you would want to see it, but I think we might be a little bit too uh, too packed to the gills for films next week to do a full review. But I think it deserves it. Um, I know I don't want to see it by myself. <laughs> Those things aren't related, but I just wanted to say that. Well, we'll get it on the show. All right, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Thanks to everybody on Patreon. Go check out the handlebar right here in Chico. If you haven't, my name is Max Minardi. Johnny Summers here. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to drink some tasty beers, watch a movie, some television content. Watch some content. Enjoy some content. Enjoy some content, Basically, just strive to be an influencer. Watch some content. For sure, follow Max Minardi. Like all his pictures. He'll repost you. Anyways, be good to each other. Don't be influencers. Be more be influenced (laughs) be influenced by us we'll see you next week this is fresh hop cinema